0: Hey all you cooperators out there, welcome to Smooth Cooperators, a Belfast community co-op program. I'm Emily.
1: And I'm Alessandra.
0: And we're here to talk to you about the cooperative business model and the Belfast community cooperative in particular. And today we are going to talk about principle three, member economic participation.
1: So one of the things that makes co-ops different from other businesses is that they all adhere to these seven cooperative principles. We are walking you through them and we have come now to the third cooperative principle, which is member economic participation. The International Cooperative Alliance defined and established these seven principles over time and I think the last time they revised them was in 1995. And so the definition of member economic participation, according to the International Cooperative Alliance, is members contribute equitably to and democratically control the capital of their cooperative. At least part of that capital is usually the common property of the cooperative. Members usually receive limited compensation, if any, on capital subscribed as a condition of membership. Members allocate surpluses for any of the following purposes developing their cooperative, possibly by setting up reserves, part of which at least would be indivisible, benefiting members in proportion to their transactions with the cooperative, and supporting other activities approved by the membership. So basically, when you decide to join a co-op, there's an investment that you have to make. Sometimes for a food co-op, say, it's a smaller investment, like $200. Sometimes for a worker co-op, or a more industrial co-op, it's like $10,000. Basically, the co-op is coming together to meet the needs of the community, and they have to figure out how much money they need to raise to start meeting those needs. But in this case, the capital is not the master. The co-op doesn't exist to have a lot of money or to make a lot of money, but rather the capital is the servant. The capital is there to help be a tool to be utilized so that these businesses do well and end up serving their owners. There are some businesses where the capital is a little more stagnant, it's a startup cost, and then you kind of run the business from there. For a consumer co-op it's a little bit different because for us our capital is like kind of constantly flowing in in terms of member participation because people are shopping there on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, and as the co-op makes money and puts money into the bank and there's a surplus, that money is then the shared capital of the owners. And we should talk about ways that
0: owners put capital into the business. Obviously, the first one is going to be by shopping. People who are actually utilizing the store and purchasing the goods that they need from the co-op, which was made to provide those for them
1: recently we put together a new brochure called ways to save we also have a website with the same name because there is the perception that the co-op is an expensive place to shop and like it's true right now if you wanted to go in and buy like an eight dollar jar of sardines like we've got that for you and some people really appreciate that other people would like to buy like a two dollar jar of sardines and we also have that so in the ways to save brochure It lets you know that there's all these different colored circles around the store that give you a clue as to what that product is. And sometimes that means it's on sale with co-op deals. Sometimes it means that it's always the lowest price that it can be. And that's co-op basics. And sometimes it means that our store has decided to put a specific product on sale. And that's called Fresh Picks. So there's also ways to save specifically if you are an owner. So economic participation buying groceries at the store. When you're an owner, you get owner reward points. Mm -hmm. So for every dollar that you spend, you get 1% of that back. It goes into like a little savings account. And once that savings account hits $3, you get to use it on any purchase, like a coupon. And we also get 2% back on local food. I love that part. And local products. Super cool. So if you shop locally, then, you know, your savings account gets bigger faster. For owners, we also have a pre-ordering program, so if there's a special jar of salad dressing or a special sort of rice that you use all the time, you can order it in bulk or order it by the case, and then you get a 15% discount on that because we don't have to unpack it and put it on the shelf, right? We keep it in its box. We call you up, and you come pick it up so there's less labor, and we can extend that benefit to our owners. Here's a secret. I do that for toilet paper. All the time. It's the best. The other thing we wanted to talk about, just to put it out there, we sat down to talk about member participation and created a list of all of the different ways that people participate in the co-op. The list that we made was like long And kind of overwhelming. And I don't even think that we got to the end of it. There are so many different ways that owners participate in the co-op and that the co-op then like participates in the community and gives back to its owners. Whatever that flow of money and goods is, the whole intention is to have the money coming into the co-op and the goods leaving the co-op end up in a positive place Mm -hmm. to try to impact the community in a positive way. By buying locally from farmers or buying locally from other producers, by having local banks do our payroll, by paying people who work locally, Mm -hmm. and then they pay their bills locally and they pay rent locally. So a lot of the money that is generated by the co-op goes back out into the community and stays local. Some big box stores are based overseas and all the money that gets spent there. Leaves. It leaves this county and it leaves this state and it leaves this country. And we really try to put that emphasis on that economic participation that the co op keeps as much money local as we possibly can. The systems are not set up to make that easy to do. So there are places where we kind of don't have a choice. But anytime we do have a choice and that choice leads to somebody who is local, that's what we try to do if it's for the best of the co op and for the best of our owners. With that in mind, too, it's sort of related because it's about economic participation, but it's sort of not related. But I feel really connected to the Common Sense program, which is rounding up at the register. I feel like it's amazing that our owners put forward all of these organizations that they're really passionate about, and then the owners vote for the, for the top 12. And those top 12 become the organizations that we do fundraising for every month, is a different organization and that changes throughout the year and 100 percent of those donations that come through the co-op we we're just sort of the middle person in all of this we talk to the organizations we make a couple posters and then it's really the community that shows up and rounds up at the register but that's a way that we participate in the economy the members as a whole because we are deciding that these organizations and their values are important enough that the co-op supports them and represents them. $5,000 to an organization who only has a $25,000 annual budget is a huge amount of money and it's like very impressive and very impactful. So impactful for all of those organizations throughout the month and throughout the year.
0: And that's thanks to all of you who come in, shop at the co-op and donate your cents. To these organizations it's really incredible and we've had some record-breaking months recently so a huge thank you to everyone who participates yeah it's really amazing well i'd love to shout out a little bit about our core program that is cooperative ownership reaching everyone so we do have a program that provides an at register discount for people who are receiving some sort of financial assistance from either the state or federal government. So we do require that they are participating in one of these assistance programs, but once that has been shown to be the case, then people can actually receive a 10% discount right at the register on their purchases that they make. And I think that has been
1: hugely beneficial to our population here in Waldo County. If I remember correctly, we used to have other at-register discounts, but we don't anymore. Why do we do that?
0: I know many of you will remember when we had a senior discount. Historically, it was every Tuesday. It became pretty fun for me as a cashier at the time. You made a lot of friends. (laughs) People (laughs) still love you and remember you from those Tuesdays. Really enjoyed cashiering on those Tuesdays. Yeah, It was really fun. However, in 2018, the board and operations were doing a lot of looking at our financial health and well-being. What they were seeing is that at registered discount that we were providing, particularly with the senior discount, ended up being that we were giving away our profits before we were making them. This is also the time that the board and operations were very seriously looking at doing an expansion, either building a new store or renovating the store that we have currently. They were trying to figure out what they needed to do to make that financially feasible
1: tightening up those at register discounts or like those places where we weren't giving ourselves a choice about what to do with our profits. We were just saying no matter what, they're going to go away instead of after the fact like, okay, we have this surplus. What are we going to do with it? And you just mentioned the core discount. So it does mean that any seniors or any owners at all who need to have assistance, we understand that and Mm -hmm. we totally want them to have that assistance. Definitely. But everybody has different income levels and, you know, different backgrounds. And it does mean that there were people who were getting the discount who perhaps it wasn't a matter of eating food that day or not. It was just like a real benefit. Mm -hmm. I think, too, that what's notable for me is that while we were doing the at-register discount, including the quarterly discount days, we were not able to give out patronage dividend. And patronage dividend means that at the end of the fiscal year... When the co-op has made money and there's a profit, the board decides what percentage of that profit goes back to the owners. And that is based on how much you shop. So the more you shop, the better the co-op does, the more patronage dividend you get back. The whole point of distributing that surplus goes back to this principle where the capital that the co-op has created is shared capital.
0: Something that I get asked a lot, why do the cashiers ask for my owner number Every single time I shop. Every time. And they do this because of patronage dividend. Basically, we want to make sure that what you are spending at the co op is reflected in the dividend that you receive at the end of the fiscal year. The cashiers need to be diligent in making sure that they hear the number correctly, they type the number in correctly, and that they have selected the appropriate name. I apologize to all those people who get frustrated about that, but it really it is due diligence. We want you to have the correct patronage dividend at the end of the year.
1: The more you spend at the co-op, the larger your patronage dividend, and actually, owner rewards once we switched over to that a couple of years ago that starts to make a big difference because if you forget to give your owner number for example or you accidentally say somebody else's and they don't ask you like what your name is or there's no confirmation that it's really you you could go on to spend $200 on somebody else's account or on no owner account and then you actually miss out on those owner rewards which really do add up I love owner rewards. I'm saving all of mine for the family holiday dinner that
0: I have to be in charge of this year. And hopefully that turkey will be a
1: lot less hit to my wallet. And that's amazing <laughs> because I buy snacks for mine <laughs> when I don't have cash and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I have owner rewards. But you have to spend $3 at a time, so sometimes I buy like a $2.50 thing and then I round up for common sense and I feel good. I like, I like how that ties in. Yeah when people invest in the store, I don't know if we all think about it as like buying our little part of the store or as like being in charge of it, but it really is that. Think about the equity investment and becoming fully vested. There's going to be a lot more talk about this later, but if you pay $15 a year and you need to pay $200, like my quick math tells me that that's about 13 years before people have fully paid in their share, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. We kept it that way because it felt like an accessible amount of money. It felt like it was on par with what we were asking people to participate in in years past. And when you think about investing in a company, nobody's going to be like, hey, can I become fully vested over the next 13 years? They're gonna be like, you have to like pay in now we want to have this successful and stable business, and that's why we need your investment, is because we need you to be emotionally and also monetarily invested in this business. And so I think that if we can encourage people to like pay their equity a little bit sooner or pay it in full if they can afford it, that there really is stability in that because the co-op doesn't use that money. That money goes into a bank account And is there to show ourselves or show investors or show our accountants that we are a solid business, that we have a lot of backing in our community. Hmm. Okay. so what's next? So that member economic participation, is there anything that we're missing about it or are there any questions you guys have? I haven't really I haven't really gone down this road yet, but it's like we want to hear from you. I think I wanna hear from people in any way that they can, whether they show up on every other Friday, we do community outreach tabling in front of the store from 11 to 2 where I set up this beautiful vegetable tablecloth that Emily hemmed for us, and we hand out ways to save brochures and annual reports and maybe free snacks and water. I want you to tell me what your favorite bar is. I want you to ask me when cherries are coming in. Like, I want to hear about all your fun ideas about the new store, about paper, about art. I want you to tell me about anything that has to do with the co-op you used to be a part of in the 70s in New York City. Like, I so want to know. If you guys have questions about member economic participation or questions about the co-op, it would be super fun to hear from you. And you can write to ownership at Belfast dot C-O-O-P. Yeah, and we will read it and then we can write you back or we can answer it on our next podcast.
0: So before we were talking about internal readiness, we were talking about tightening up our, our discounts, because we were changing or we were starting to focus more on what we could do for expansion renovation on the store. That process started several years ago and now we are actually in the renovation process. Is there anything you can tell us about what's been going on at the store?
1: Um, people love videos of cement sliding down the chute into the forms. I know I do. Like, I have made amazingly detailed videos. Doug has made videos, our general manager, has made videos just, like, explaining wonderfully what's happening in the basement, and all of those videos get, like, you know, eight views by our really hardcore watchers and listeners. I made a video where cement is just cascading down the chute into forms, and, like, 400 people have watched it. (laughs) That was my favorite. (laughs) Maybe they're just like watching it over and over again or like maybe somehow it got onto like some kids channel because I know that lots of kids like construction. But right now they're putting up forms for the Shop For Me walls. I have gotten some super fun education from the guys who are working there. And you have to like you, so you dig the hole, you level it out. You do all the fancy laser things to make sure it's level. And then you pour these footings. At the bottom of the wall, you want a nice wide base for stability, but then that has to dry and cure. And we all know what a wet and wonderful summer it's been in Maine, so (laughs) I think took a while. And then they build with rebar. They like build the walls on top of that. And then in, within that wall is gonna be the slab. But so right now they're building the forms, which are these like really sturdy boards that hold in all the concrete. And it's so precise, like you don't wanna mess this up. The rebar has to be in the right place. The boards all have to be like in the right order. Because when you think about how much concrete that is and how heavy it is, it's pretty impressive. So that's outside the store. The cafe footings have also been dug and they're gonna to start to build those in the next couple days. Out in the back of the store, we're pouring the footings for the hydraulic lift, and that will be outside the store, but it will be fully covered once mm-hmm. it's installed. It'll be within the envelope of the store. Yes. Yay. And we buried a 1,000 gallon propane tank because propane tanks that are not buried are like pretty dangerous. Yeah. You People can, can run into them. Drive their cars into yeah. them. That's so not very great. scary. Mm-hmm. So we buried that. We are building a dumpster pad. If a dumpster gets picked up and put down on asphalt over and over and over again, it can really grind away the asphalt. So we've built a concrete pad in hopes that it lasts longer and is more durable. Mm-hmm. And in the basement, they're doing the framing for the walls because in the basement, we're building a meat cooler, a meat preparation area, a prepared foods cooler and freezer, and a preparation area because right now so much prep for meat and prepared foods happens on the sales floor but guess what is going to be on the sales floor things to sell i love that yeah so we're going to prepare things downstairs and have more space on the floor because it will allow us to design the store in a way where you can walk through it it won't feel like a traffic jam that'll be nice yeah i think so i'm pretty excited about that what else is going on The parking lot flow changed, which I know is really hard. And I think it was hard because parking was a challenge anyway. Mm -hmm. Sorry. All over the city. That's true. It's a good opportunity to like shop early. We open at eight o'clock. Get here at eight. We would love to see you. Or shop late. We close at eight. As long as you come in at like 730 if you're doing a big shop, we would love to see you. (laughs) If you come in at 755 and you have a lot of shopping to do, we might be sad about that. But you should definitely shop when you can mm-hmm. and we have a free curbside pickup service it's called shop for me even through all of this it's still operating and it means that you can shop online you can even go online and like only shop the things that are on sale and then someone will shop it for you in the store and then you pick it up like you don't get out of your car You call and you say i'm here and they bring it to you And that's a nice way to sort of like stay out of the flow of construction But still buy the food that you want to buy. That sounds pretty great. I'm excited about it
0: I haven't actually utilized that service before probably because i'm at the co-op every day
1: every day I used to make my kids do it so i would be like oh you don't like this food that we have for this week i would love for you to shop for food that you want to eat i yeah, love that it's pretty adorable
0: well what else do we have coming up there's something really fun
1: do you want to tell us about the really fun event that we have in august it is august 12th from 12 to 2 annie and the rainmakers go check them out they're like a very high energy super fun local band yeah little rock band definitely some dancing so we'll be at Marshall Wharf on Saturday, August 12th from 12 to 2. This is a celebration and a dance party. This is the capital campaign was successful. The renovation is moving right along. This is also one of the first events that we have had publicly post-COVID because we really lost a lot of space inside the store. Can't close down the parking lot because we need parking. It should be a really fun time. They've been in this area for a long time and they called us up and said, hey, back in the day, we used to donate our time and Goldie would shut down the parking lot and we'd have a big party and we would do a fundraiser to do this or that thing for the co-op. And we really want to do that for you guys again. Like we love your store. We love the owners in the community. We said, we're making it happen. yes, please. Mm-hmm. We will figure out the logistics. Mm-hmm. So August 12th, Marshall Wharf. The other fun thing that we're doing is we're going to be at the street party. So the Belfast Summer Street Party is on July 31st this year. I think it starts around 5. They shut down High Street, and there's games and food and music, and lots of local businesses have tables. We're going to be there. Again, that's another great place to talk to us, to come get updates, seeing what what we're doing, and talk to the board of directors. There's other fun things that we're doing and you can find all of those fun things in a very amazing bi-weekly newsletter that the co-op puts out. If you would like to sign up for this newsletter, all you have to do is go to Belfast.coop, and at the bottom of that page, there is a place for you to put in your email address, and you'll have a super sweet bi-weekly e-newsletter that you can go check out. It tells you updates about the renovation, updates about blueberry pre-orders, for example, Anything you want to know about the common sense groups? I would also say
0: that if you are interested in any of the videos that Alessandra and Doug have put together, the Belfast Community Co-op does have a YouTube page. So it has all of those on there. I would check them out.
1: And next time they pour concrete, you better believe I'll be taking another video of it. (laughs) I'll watch it. Yeah. Super. The other thing that we have going on that we always like to
0: touch on is the board of directors meetings. So those happen on the fourth Wednesday of each month. We have a couple obviously coming up a whole year full of them, actually. Hey. The next couple dates will be July 26 and August 23rd. Those are happening at 6 p.m. in the Abbott Room at the Belfast Free Library. Um, You can find more information about that on our website. If you'd like to attend via Zoom, there is a link to register for that meeting on the website also. So we've said it a bunch of times. I won't say it again. You know how to find it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to talk about everything that's going on in the co-op and principle three. And I would also like to give a big shout out to Vic, who's in charge of the radio station here in Belfast. The radio station is in the basement of Waterfall Arts. And you may have heard of all the ruckus going on around us. We believe there's a summer camp going on and perhaps a little bit of construction here and there. But again, Vic has done an amazing job producing this for us. Thank you, Vic. And thank you all for joining us.
1: You have been listening to Episode 4 of Smooth Cooperator from the Belfast Community Co-op, hosted by Alessandra Martinelli and Emily Berry, produced at the facilities of Belfast Community Radio.